going on everybody it's me ethan here um yeah it's just gonna be me alone it's a solo episode today um i decided to do this because um you know i just want to get back into the rhythm of things having weekly uploads for stacks so last weekend you guys got the after hours but i want to go back to you know traditional episodes um so don't worry we'll be back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming next week with Brandon, Chris, the whole gang, you know, um, but you know, they're busy, you know, Chris is a busy boy with school, um, we just shot a really great film with him a couple weeks ago, um, really proud of him how it turned out, um, but you know, he's still working on that, uh, you know, he's got class and everything, and then, you know, Brandon, he's got, uh, you know, he's got Knott's Berry Farm, and he's got, you know, he's got a, a personal life that he, you know, he loves to enjoy, I, I don't know what, he's, you know, he's busy, whatever. Um, so I thought I'd take the opportunity just because, you know, I got nothing to do right now um, to get you guys an episode out on this Sunday. I think this episode will come out on um, fucking the t uh, 26th, the 26th of March. Yesterday was my father's birthday, so happy birthday, Dad, from your listening to this, uh, it's come out the day after his birthday. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take this episode to talk about a really specific topic of movies. Yeah, this is a traditional stacked episode because it has to do with movies. And I'm going to be talking about an oeuvre of, you know, the French word oeuvre of works surrounding a certain topic. Um, since it's just me, I'm probably going to go through every single one of these movies I've seen. Um, I'm going to be talking about movies that uh, talk about, discuss, show off my greatest irrational fear. Now, if you know me, if you've been listening to the show, you already know what my greatest irrational fear is, but in cases you, you know, you're just stumbling through the internet, you went on, uh, what's that fucking site, uh, Stumble Upon? Yeah, I don't remember. Does anyone remember that? It was like, you go into a little stumble upon, it takes you to random, um, freaking, uh, Tumblr account. Oh, you tumbled on upon this podcast on YouTube. Um, yeah, so if you're just discovering this podcast, I'd be surprised. I don't know. I mean, my Unring episode got a lot of traction. Um, and when I mean a lot, 100 views, I mean, that's, that's a lot for us, okay? Um, so calm down. I know you're, I know you're pointing and laughing at me in the other end of this, your podcast, looking to listen through your dang earbuds or speaker. Uh, calm down. We're we're just a small guys like talk about movies, okay? And I'm, that's what I'm doing right now, okay? Um, what the fuck was I saying? Anyways, um, I'm talking about my greatest fear. If you don't know me, there we go. That's what I was talking about. If you don't know me, you haven't listened to the show. My greatest fear of all time, irrational, completely irrational. I have rational fears, like stuff only my therapist knows about, um, and other people probably, but not, I'm not going to talk about public. What am I talking about? Okay. My greatest irrational fear is little gray aliens. Now I'm not just talking about any kind of alien here. Okay. Um, you're probably thinking, oh, he's scared of ET. No, no, no. I love ET. I was never afraid of ET once in my life. I know a lot of people were scared of ET as kids, but for some reason that one just didn't do it for me. I developed this fear, um, when I first saw, now this isn't a little gray alien, but this is, I feel like I can pinpoint my fear for this. Um, I was watching the Tim Burton movie, Mars Attacks. Now that movie is, I 
didn't find that movie scary when I watched it, but I had nightmares about the Martians in that movie. Um, it felt like, it felt like sort of like a night terror, you know, where I was trapped in my bed. I opened my eyes. I couldn't move. And I could see glowing lights outside, you know, my room, picture this. So my childhood bedroom had two windows. I was, my room was in the corner. If you imagine a square, right? Uh, my room was in the top right corner of the house where the entrance was like on the bottom. And so, uh, I had two windows on the top and right hand side of my room if you entered it. So one uh, window on the right would go around like there's like this little alleyway not really an alleyway it was like you know it was, it was still part of the lawn but there was like a gate and you could you could walk around the house through that alleyway you know and then the other side was uh, the backyard where we'd have like the playground trampoline we had a really big tree that I love I miss that tree so much uh, anyways uh, so I had this night terror where at the night I, I watched um, Mars Attacks, I had this night terror where I basically, you know, as the aliens were invading our home, I could hear them creeping around. I could see the glowing lights. I couldn't necessarily see them, you know, but I could tell this wasn't a human, you know, it was like that, that teal neon light, you know, that I feel like you can associate with aliens, maybe not teal, you know, green, green bluish more green you know uh mint maybe i don't know uh anyways i could see those lights i could hear them going like you know in mars attacks they're going nark, 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 nark. you know i could hear that in the distance and i was like ah shit they're coming they're coming to get me they're coming to take me away they're coming to probe me i was so scared um and that lasted to when i i remember watching independence day and I was afraid of the aliens. Those now, I, I'm not sure to include Independence Day in this this canon of little gray alien cinema, where they they are pretty gray alien like, uh, but they got tentacles and stuff. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick more humanoid with this list. You know, um, so honorable I guess honorable mention to the Independence Day movies and to Mars Attacks because those ones scared me. Um, so yeah, I was scared of those. Those really, like, they triggered this fear that I'd always have. But it's an interesting fear that I have. I'm a big fan of horror, and I think I think this fascination with this fear really got me into the horror genre. Because it's like, yes, I'm scared to death if I ever saw a little gray alien. If I do see them, um, I clench up, I get scared, I get nervous. But I'm also completely enamored and fascinated with this. Like, why does this scare me? You know? Um, what if this was real? What if they were real? I think there's there's a part of me that wishes that they were real. You know? And maybe they are. I don't know. Um, so there's just there's this part of me that's just wishing that, like, we would get invaded by aliens. Maybe that's a bit, like... I don't know, what would Freud say about that? Of me wishing that my greatest fear had come true? Um, who knows? Let me know in the comments what you think of my little... Uh, give me a little psychoanalysis on that, you know? Uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, that's really this fascination with gray aliens and 
everything got me into horror and exploring horror and really you know i wasn't really a fan of horror before high school and um the this this fear sort of came back to me i don't know what triggered it but i remember uh like thinking about it more and thinking about like how my fears fascinated me you know and that's what got me into horror films. You know, I didn't like horror before, but then that got me in. I watched movies like John Carpenter's The Thing, which is my favorite horror film of all time. And that was where I really start to appreciate the craft of horror, you know? And um, and there's just something about, you know, um, being able to make someone scared through art, you know? Uh, which I think is, you know, comedy and horror, they're like the two hardest genres and they're both very similar because they're the two genres that really like exploit like uh of like sometimes a physical response from the viewer you know where it's laughter or screaming you know i guess you could say that with like tragedies and crying too you know it's it's really impressive when a movie can make me cry but i cry a lot in movies i don't know little known fact about me i'm kind of a I kind of go baby mode sometimes, especially if it's a Ghibli film. God damn. Um, anyways. What am I talking about? Gray movies. Okay. So, yeah. That's, I think, what makes Little Gray Men. The Little Gray Men. I'm going to pull up a little. I'm going to pull up a little Wikipedia. Some some of you might be confused. What the hell are you talking about? Little Gray Aliens? I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia section for Gray Alien. Just so we're all on the same page. What the hell I'm really talking about here, you know? Uh, so let me read this opening paragraph. Gray aliens, also referred to as Zeta Reticulans. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that at all. Roswell Grays. Okay, I do. I did know that, and we'll get into that later. Or Grays. Just call them Grays. That seems like, I don't know, that seems a little racist. You fucking Grays. Get the fuck off my lawn. Get, out, get come back inside. He'll kill you. Oh, dagnabbit woman. Shut up. Let me get these grays off my lawn. Come back inside. They'll probe you. Anyway, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know. I'm I'm really hungry. I'm sort of a... Uh, another tangent. <laughs> I had a lot of Korean barbecue last night. And I, uh... I don't know. I just feel like I gotta take it easy today. You know? So I went for a run. I had a smoothie. And now I'm sort of just trying to, like... You know, I'm trying intermittent fasting right now, you know, so that's making me really hungry. And I think whenever I fast, I think I, I get a little crazy. So I'm sorry. I mean, that's why this episode is coming out, because I'm a little crazy right now. Okay. But you people like that, don't you? You like it when I get a little crazy because it's funny. It's fun. It's fun to listen to. Right. Anyways, let's go back to the article. <laughs> uh, or grays are, uh, are purported extraterrestrial beings okay yeah that so far so good right guys um they are frequent subjects of close encounters and alien abduction claims the the details of such claims vary widely but typically grays are described as being human-like with small bodies with smooth gray colored skin enlarged hairless heads and large black eyes all right let's break that down so I think that physical description is a, one reason why I'm so scared of them. 
the large black eyes, they're, they got humanoid in shape, but they're tiny. It's so many factors of the uncanny valley, you know, that just make me so uncomfortable, you know? Like, when I think of, like, E.T., you know, I don't find him scary because he's got, like, he's got a big-ass head and neck, and he's got a dumpy-ass little body and big eyes and really long fingers. I'm like, all right, that, you know, that's, that's, a, he's pretty fantastical. Or, like, the Xenomorph. I think the first Alien movie is scary, but I'm like, that guy couldn't exist, right? Or, but he's not, like, she, you know, like, the Queen Bee, she, it's they, you know? Uh, they're not, like, I don't know. They're not humanoid. You know, I th I feel like the factor of the greys being like such a sorry, I said the greys. That's it feel it just feels wrong to say that, you know. I'm just going to call them the little gray men cuz that that's what I call them, little gray men. Uh just the fact that the little gray men like they're just they're almost human, you know, but there's just there's just one there's like a couple things that are off. That's what scares me, you know. Um okay. The Barney and Betty Hill Betty Hill? Is this like Benny Hill? What the fuck is the Barney and Betty Hill incident? Okay, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole. We're not breaking it. We're not going to break down abduction stories. We will in one. Uh, one real one. And then probably... No. Um, yeah, one real one. Then some fake ones later on in the episode. Um, the, anyways, the Barney and Betty Hill abduction claim, which uh, purportedly took place in New Hampshire in 1961. Oh, okay. We're gonna learn about it right now. Uh, popularized gray aliens. Oh, okay, so this sort of craze, it does feel like a 60s thing, you know? 60s science fiction thing. Uh, that makes sense. That, that checks out. Uh, precursor figures have been described in science fiction and similar descriptions appeared in early accounts of uh, 1948 Aztec UFO hoax and later accounts in later accounts of the 1947 Roswell UFO, the Roswell UFO incident. We'll get into that, don't worry. Uh, the gray alien has emerged as an archetypal image of an intelligent non-human non creature and extraterrestrial life in general, as well as an iconic trope in popular culture in the age of space exploration. Okay, so now we're on the same page, right? We all know what the little gray men are. Uh... I think, I think, yeah, the, the uncanny valley aspect of it really makes me scared. Also, just like the fear of the unknown, you know, you can't tell what's going on behind those eyes. I, that they're emotionless, you know, they lack any sort of emotion. You don't know what they're going to do to you. Um, they always have the same expression on their face, you know, uh, just the mystery of just how they present themselves and where they come from. That scares me, you know. Um, so yeah, we're all on the same page here. Um, now you know why I'm so scared of these suckers. My history behind them. Um, but at the same time, I'm so fascinated. I'm so fascinated with them. I feel like they're such an iconic piece of science fiction that are barely used in movies, TV. And that makes me kind of upset because I would love to see them used more. That sounds kind of kind of sadistic because like why would you want your greatest fear to be seen like shown off more? Cuz I like getting scared. That's the thing. That's why I like horror. I like getting scared. I get impressed when a movie or 
or a video game or, you know, a book can, like, really elicit a fear response out of me. That's just, like, that's that's just good art right there, I feel. So, you know, I wish there were just more little gray alien stories about, like, a, and, like, high-quality ones, too. Like, I want to see A24, like, make a little gray alien movie. You know what I mean? I think it'd be cool. Um, certainly, if when I ever become a filmmaker, you bet your ass that there I'm going to be making a plethora of gray alien films. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be putting them back on the map. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so those are gray aliens. I'm going to get into sharing. I'm going to go through, you know, the gray alien cinema canon. The only the ones that I've seen so far, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a hundred, there's probably hundreds of them and they probably are just like movies you can find on Amazon. You know, those movies like where it's just like, the poster doesn't line up with the title of the movie and it looks like it was made in Photoshop in like two seconds. Um, you know, there's probably hundreds of those. Uh, I mean, I'll be talking about a couple of them. Um, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, probably just actually like two. I, I, I would consider like two or, or maybe just one of a movie like that. Um, that I've seen, but the rest of the films, I'd say are pretty interesting. Uh, most of them, some of them just flat out suck. Um, but we'll get into it. Um, but I feel if you ever want to get into gray alien cinema, listen to this podcast. I mean, you're 17 minutes already in, so you like, you're, you're locked in. All right. You're sticking with me throughout however long this is going to be, uh, when we'll see. It's just me, so. Uh, I feel like these are the definitive films to watch if you want to get into Little Grey Aliens. So, without further ado, let's start this canon. I'm going to be going in chronological order. So I'm going to be starting with the earliest Grey Alien film I've seen. And, th- and we're, you know, I'm probably, uh, I'm starting off with the best one, you know. It's the one that sort of kicked it all off. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, where do I even begin with this movie? You know, um, I think, you know, since the last time I've talked about this movie on Stacked, I, I watched, my film professor said at one time when I brought up this movie, she said that this movie is basically John Wayne's The Searchers. And... I'm still a little confused with that. Um, Maybe not. Kind of. Okay, no. Not really. Listen, this podcast is going to be me sort of coming to terms with that comparison and bringing it down for myself. This is like, you know, you're you're, right now you're just a a fly in my brain, you know? (laughs) You're not a fly on the wall. You're flying my crinkly little... uh, mushy little brain right now you're you're going in you're watching all the neurons fire off making connections you know um so let's break down how the searchers and close encounters third kind can be considered very similar movies um all right so the searchers if you've never seen the film it's john wayne fuck that guy uh he kind of plays a dirtbag in this movie too you know it's sort of him being a grizzled old cowboy he comes home from the war uh the civil war i think right yeah um and uh he 
comes back to his brother and his brother's family. Uh, his name's Ethan. Here's a little fun fact. So Ethan and the Searchers, I believe, was the namesake for Ethan Hawke, the actor, who is the namesake for me, Ethan Williams, host of the Billion Dollar Stack podcast. Um, so that just goes to show just like, you know, the lineage of uh, iconic Ethans in time. Uh, I wonder if Ethan from the Searchers was, you know, namesake after Ethan Allen, uh, that one guy from the Revolutionary War that I remember in eighth grade, no, fifth grade. Uh, I remember learning about him in fifth grade, but I can't tell you what he did because that was fifth grade and that was like over 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was younger than 13. Um, over 10 years ago. Uh, I don't remember much from school. I mean, that's the thing, right? You, you, you don't remember much from school, like what you learned, but you kind of do because like, you just don't remember where you learned it from, but it came from school, you know? So stay in school, kids, if you're listening to this. Uh, trust me. Uh, you probably won't use, you know, sine, cosine, tangent, unless you're, like, doing, you know, mathematics shit job. I've never used that since uh, my algebra classes or uh, geometry. I think it's geometry. Anyways, why? I'm sorry. This is what happens when you just have a one-man podcast. You go on tangents, but that's okay, because that's why, that's why you're listening, right? Because it's just me. Um, okay, <laughs> going back to close counters that are kind of the searchers. Um, so he comes back, he's with his family, the family, uh, you know, they get, uh, oh, okay, okay, I'm putting it all together now. Uh, they get, <laughs> they get, uh, taken over, not taken over, they just get raided by Native Americans. You know, they call them Indians in the film, uh, but Native Americans indigenous people who owned this land before we did and we took it from them uh and we always gotta you know pay respects to them for letting for allowing us to stay in their land you know i'd just like to i don't know what tribe's land i'm currently recording this podcast on but shout out to them thank you for who whatever um native americans you know uh indigenous people uh claim stake over the land of east hollywood uh i'd like to pay respects and this podcast would not have been out if it weren't for you know your beautiful tribe so hope you're all doing well uh probably not because you know uh white people suck anyways um so native americans uh they uh, took over the house uh they killed the whole family except for uh the youngest daughter and, no, the two two of the daughters, the two daughters. Uh, she was about to get married to this other guy. He was half Native American. Um, so John Wayne and that guy, some other guys. Uh, he's like the priest and a general. Uh, they go out and they're like, oh, "We're gonna go find these, find these dang kids," you know. Um, so there's there's the first comparison, you know, to Close Encounters, where it's like, you know, uh, you start the movie out. It's uh, uh, the little boy you know, who's one of the cutest little actor kids, you know, um, uh, the child of, you know, actress Melinda Dillon's, uh, they live in, uh, do they live in Indiana as well? Yeah, they have to because, uh, you know, uh, Roy Neary lives there too, uh, and they meet. So that's not the beginning of the movie, but he gets kidnapped and, you know, it's up to Jillian to 
you know, she wants to find her kid, make contact with the aliens. And what these two films are both really about is just like, it's about understanding each other. You know, I feel like John Ford does it in a lot more of a racist way and a lot more of a violent way, but he sort of gets the same conclusion that Spielberg does, which what makes Close Encounters such a profound film, which I feel like Denis Villeneuve carried it into his film Arrival, where the way to conquer your fear, the unknown, is not through violence, but with communication. And the unknown can be anything. It doesn't have to be gray aliens. It can be, you know, fear of unknown in relationships with other people, you know, uh, fear of the unknown with, like, your path in life. The, the best way, the healthiest way uh, to tackle these fears is just through communication, you know, and finding uh, commonality, you know, between one another. And that's what I just, that's what I love about Close Encounters so much. Um, they do a cool thing where, um, you know, math, math is a universal language, math, and therefore math and music, because music is tones, and it is, it is rhythms, you know, and uh, it's sort of, you can plug that into math equations, I guess. Listen, uh, <laughs> I got a film degree. All right, I don't got a fucking math and music degree. Um, <laughs> this is this is the embarrassed uh, Ethan podcast. Just show off how fucking dumb I am. Um, anyways, you you guys know what I'm saying, right? You guys know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you you know you have the iconic da 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 as sort of that is the you know, music and creating tones through math connects anybody from any culture. And it's just about finding those commonalities, you know? Um, and I think I, why I also find this film so spectacular, it's my favorite Spielberg film. It's one of my favorite films of all time. It's probably like my fifth favorite film, sixth, sixth favorite film, uh, sixth favorite film. If you go check the, the top 250 on my letterbox, it's number six, I believe. Um, the reason why it's up there um, is because I just, it, it gives me goosebumps how Spielberg portrays intelligent life from another planet, you know, and the discovery of that, the comprehension of that, the processing of that, um, just him paired with the insanely good score by John Williams, um, the scene where the little boy gets abducted is absolutely terrifying the scene where um where roy you know first uh encounters a ufo you know it's oh I, it's my favorite scene in the film probably it's probably my favorite scene he's in the truck and you think there's a tr there's a truck that pulls up behind him you see the headlights uh through the back of his you know rear windshield and you know uh, roy like he waves it off and it, you know drives around goes around him and you're like, okay, that's, you know, because he's stopping, because he's looking, he's looking, he's opened up his map looking for where, because he works, uh, he's an electrician, he's working, he's trying to figure out where he's supposed to be going now, because there's a power outage. Um, and uh, then another truck pulls by, you know, and, you know, it's, you're just like, oh, okay, it's just going to be the same thing, you know, the truck's going to pull around. Um, but what Spielberg does so brilliant, and it's such a quiet scene, too. That's what I love about it, it's so quiet. 
um, is those headlights, instead of going around him, they just go straight up, you know? And, and then the mailboxes start shaking, you know, everything starts shaking, you know, there's some sort of magnetic thing, the car completely turns off, um, and then that beam of light comes and like, and, you know, he gets sunburnt, like, he almost gets pulled up, um, but what I love even more is after that, where this ship makes no noise at all, where he looks up and he sees the ship, it's just a silhouette in this beautiful night sky with stars, and it's just sl- like completely silently just drifting through space, you know, uh, or you know through our atmosphere, and you just see it continually like blasting lights. It's quiet. Um, this film does horizons so well of the light over the horizon that that is just like that is always just like a symbol throughout the film of the light over the horizon and the night sky paired with the stars it's just like that's what this whole movie is about is discovering what's over that horizon you know in more of like a uh, otherworldly sense you know um and spielberg constantly reminds you that and just like there's always scenes where you see stars moving you know because they're not really stars they're ufos Oh my god. Okay. I could go on about this film for hours and hours. Love it so much. Uh, the ending also might be one of my favorite scenes. It's... Okay. This is... Okay. Wait. Wait a minute. This is the one that truly scared me as a kid. When I, I remember when I first saw it. And when... You know... Okay. So they go to Devil's Tower. The big ship comes. The door opens. Um, and that really scary tall gray alien comes out. And... What I love about this scene is Spielberg does that on purpose. Uh, I've read in interviews, he wanted to do it like, where these aliens are like, they're universal creatures. So there's not more than one type living on this ship. They sort of like, they go from planet to planet and co- and sort of create a community with other aliens, you know? So you have like this really tall one, very menacing, very scary, almost skeleton-like. That made me piss myself as a kid. But then after that, these little gray aliens come out and they're just like, they're little kids and like, gray alien costumes and they do scare me um but they're still very you know they're very loving creatures you can tell they're very curious and loving creatures and they they take uh you know the government they select these volunteers uh astronauts i assume or soldiers to be like representatives of earth to go with them um and the gray aliens they choose roy you know um played by Richard Dreyfus to go with him and he accepts and um it's a beautiful scene and everyone says why would he just leave you know why would Roy just leave his wife and kids and hopefully you're not asking that question anymore because of the Fablemans you know the Fablemans only makes this movie even better once you understand Spielberg's story and how personal it is and how Roy is really Spielberg's mom in this movie you know where um, his mom, you, you can tell his mom's a dreamer. His mom's an artist, you know? She's where he got all of his artistic appreciation from, you know? She plays piano, she dances. Her head always seems to be in the clouds, uh, at least in the Fablemans, and I'm pretty sure that's like, you know, Spielberg knows best about his mom, so I assume that's like how she was in real life, or at least how he saw her, you know? Because subjectivity, y'all, uh, perceiving reality it's different for everybody but this is how he perceived it 
And you can see that in Richard Dreyfuss' character, where Roy is always saying, like, he has the images of Devil's Tower, and he doesn't know what's going on with him, but he understands that, like, whatever it is means something. That whatever he's dreaming about, whatever his dreams are, they mean, they must mean something for him. And this is sort of, Close Encounters is sort of a therapeutic exercise um, for Spielberg to sit really, like, it was an exercise for him to say, like, I had to let go of my mom, you know, because she wasn't happy with my Paul Dano dad, <laughs> you know. Uh, she needed to be off free dancing with my pseudo uncle character Seth Rogen, um, and this was him making this movie. Be like, here is how I felt when I had to let my mom go, you know, where I just had to come to terms that this is what she has to do, and she just has to go off into that spaceship with the little gray aliens. And you know, in my life right now, the, you know, I, I feel like everyone has this experience of just like. Learning to let go of someone because that's just what they, they have to go off. They have to go off in that spaceship and, you know, uh, and live their life. And just that's just something you have to be okay with and find beauty in it, really. You know, you have to find beauty in uh, acknowledging, you know, that you ha like you appreciate that you have this love for someone and you... Uh, you respect their integrity to know what's best for them and that they have to leave, you know? Oh, that, I feel like that, that's something that I have certainly gone through and that, you know, I, I'm sure all of you have gone through. Um, and that's what makes Close Encounters one of the greatest films ever made. Um, okay, let's go on to more gray alien films. The, the, Oh boy, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be so profound with these other ones. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one I've seen, oh fuck. Okay, I don't even remember this one. <laughs> it's just the the immediate drop in like sophistication. Um, this movie's called End of the World. It's directed by John Hayes. It's from 1977, the same year as Close Encounters. Um, I don't. When did I watch this movie? I watched it on August 9th, 2021. Um, and my review for the film... See, it's a blessing and a curse to think that you're funny. Because, on Letterboxd at least. Because you'll write these reviews, you'll be like, oh, so funny. But then when you want to like, go back and remember your thoughts, you're like, oh, you just left this dumb review for it. This happens to me all the time on Stacked, guys. Where I'm like, oh man, we're talking about this movie. Let me go back and see what I said about it. And it's just like this dumb one-sentence review. And I'm just like, alright, thanks, Ethan. Way to go, pal. Um, but at the same time, when you're watching the film, there's you know, there's just sometimes you're just like, I I can't formulate like a good thought with this right now, so I'm just going to say something dumb and then just move on with my life. you know, Because this movie's not worth it. I gave this movie one star. I just said, oh, the poster is so funny, and even though Christopher Lee becomes a little gray alien for a, for a second in the movie, is so boring. Okay, now everything's starting to, like, I'm starting to remember stuff now. Uh, Christopher Lee, he, uh, he is a priest, and he, he, like, he watches a guy die from some like UFO or alien or something 
and he, so he goes on like this spiritual journey to like figure out what happened and this is where like he encounters an alien and i guess the alien takes the form as, him, as himself i just remember christopher lee turning into a little gray alien at the end of this movie and literally like that's all you need to see from him. that's all you need to know about it the poster is funny it's like the world like blowing up and there's like a little gray alien head inside the planet that's that's why i watched the movie let's be honest um but yeah okay i'm i don't want to talk about this movie anymore i mean the next movie i'm okay these next two movies three movies i'm pretty excited to talk about i'm pretty excited to break them down um this next one is also one of my favorite films um you know i it's a guilty pleasure of mine but also, it's not so guilty. I just... I think it's so weird. I love it. Um, and I'll I'll defend this movie for just being so weird. And so... You know... Just... Out of the box. Um, it is... Uh, the 1989 film, Communion, starring... None other... You get this. Christopher Walken was in the movie Communion. Which is based on the book where this was basically this insane dude. He wrote this book as, like, his defense for him attempting to murder his wife and kid. I'm pretty sure, like, that's the true story behind the book. Sort of like a naked lunch situation. Uh, where, well, naked lunch, he, like, actually killed his wife. I don't think he killed his family in this one. Could be wrong, though. I do want to read the book. I think... I got, I'm reading so many books right now. Uh... I think that might might be the next one that I gotta pick up and read because I just find the story so fascinating. Anyways, he's a playwright. Um, well, I guess he's a novelist. I thought he was a playwright. I thought he was writing a play in the movie. It's been a minute since I've seen this, um, but I own it on DVD, so maybe I'll watch it again soon. Probably not. Anyways, um, he goes. He owns. He goes to the uh, a cabin that he owns with his wife and kid, and he experiences an alien encounter and um the movie is then him just grappling if what he saw was real or not you know and it makes him very paranoid makes him very violent um you know his wife and kid get very scared of him and just christopher walken is just you know he's walking you know <laughs> uh he's fucking Catan, you know we'll talk about nope later uh christopher walken you know he's just He's just being his weird self that we all we all love so much, you know? But he's with gray aliens. Um, they're kind of pale in this one, but I'm going to loop him in with gray aliens. Um, the scene where he they first encounter the aliens is so scary. You've probably, you've probably seen the image. It's been replicated tons of times. It was replicated in Nope, if you didn't know that. Um, where when he first sees the alien... It's the little gray guy. He's peeking behind a dresser, right? And you only see half of his face. I think that's the cover for the original novel. Um, but sort of that sort of piece of iconography has been carried on throughout uh, little gray alien media. Um, and, you know, he gets abducted. And, you know, the more you see him go to therapy and comprehend what happened to him and how it's affected his you know his personal life and um you, you slowly start to see what really happened to him and how this film shows off christopher walken being like probed and tested by these aliens is so bizarre 
And it's just like, yeah, this dude was fucking crazy. Of course he didn't experience aliens. Maybe he did. Again, I'm like, I'm, I'm an agnostic when it comes to little gray men. You know, I'm not going to say I'm like a denier or a believer. I'm agnostic. I'm open to it. You know, oh, I'm, I'm always open to little gray men existing. Um, but there's like, he's in like this room there's like these blue dumpy aliens that sort of look like, what do they look like? They kind of look like if you put a, th- a thwomp from Mario 64 in a microwave and melt them a bit. They're kind of Star Wars-like. Anyways, these guys carry him off to the ship. I don't know why there's two types of aliens. Anyways, then there's like kids there and he's naked and you're just like, what the hell is going on? on bro and then the little gray aliens are like floating around and then there's a scene where they lay him down and they uh you know they they probe him and then he starts floating around with the aliens naked and you're just like this is like one of the most tripped out movies i've ever seen in my life if i ever get the chance to remake this film i absolutely would and just go full on like fever dream with it you know um because i feel like we deserve weird movies like that you know um anyways i love this movie to death because it's so weird um it's a weird and bold film that tells a story about a crazy man um there's another good scene that's very close encounters like where they don't even pay attention to it or he's like about to get on a bus and you just see a UFO flying in the sky. And he's not even looking at it. You're just like, okay, so does that mean this really happened? And then you start questioning things, you know? Um, you start questioning if these filmmakers really believe it or not. I don't know. Uh, great film. I, I encourage you all to check it out. Because if you want a truly weird little gray alien film, that's the one you want to go for. Alright, next up. Oh boy. The next film on my in this canon is this film i'd say it's a mid film overall this one is also about a true story quote unquote true story um it is fire in the sky and fire in the sky i've said this on stack before it contains the scariest scene i've ever seen put in film up there with the very first jump scare in barbarian um excuse me while i adjust my chair um it's up there with what else, man? Um, I'm trying to think of some really scary scenes. I can only think of Barbarian right now. That's like the only one that really comes close when we first reveal, like when when it's first revealed what's in those tunnels. You know, I thought that was, that made me like jump to the ceiling of the theater. This one's not like a jump to the ceiling level fear. This one's like, I couldn't sleep for nights after I saw it. Anyways, it's about um, some lumberjacks. This really happened, by the way. Uh, alien stuff, maybe not. But the, lo- the like everything outside of the abduction really happened. Where these lumberjacks went out in the forest in Arizona, I, I believe it's in like the town of Snowflake. Um, you know, so it's like it's not really desert. It's more, uh, you know, foresty. If Brandon was here, he could probably give more details about you know. Uh, first of all, he's a big biomes guy. If you didn't know that, he loves biomes. Second of all, you know, he's from Arizona, so he could, he, he's absolutely the expert if you want to get into, like, biomes in Arizona. Anyways, um, these guys go to the forest, 
cutting down trees. Yep, ain't much to it, but it's an honest living. Um, and then on their way back home, um, they see a UFO. And I like how the UFO looks in this movie. It's like, it's kind of like a, a it looks like, looks like a mushroom, really. You know, not like the saucer, but it's sort of like a, it, it looks almost alive, you know, like an organism. Which I wonder if, like, that inspired Jordan Peele for Nope. I don't know. Many such cases, many such questions. I shouldn't say many such cases. That's a Donald Trump quote. When I say it, it's only in jest. Hold on. We're going to pause the show. We'll be right back. And we're back uh, to the show. Sorry about that. I had to um, pick up something that was dropped off to me. Um, taking care of my friend's cats this weekend, so I had to go pick up the keys. Um, but now we're back, talking about Little Gray Men. Um, and we're talking about Fire in the Sky. That's what we were talking about. Fire in the Sky. Okay. Um, so yeah, they find the UFO, um, and then they, they're like, we gotta fucking scram, we gotta get the hell out of here, and one of them's like, I can't run, I don't know, he probably didn't say that, um, but one of them gets abducted, and the movie is about, movie's mostly about just, like, the small town thinking that the, those lumberjacks killed the other guy, and they gotta go on court and go on trial and all this stuff like that. They gotta take a lie detector test. And they're like, we didn't kill him, I swear. Uh, he was abducted by aliens. Um, and then the guy comes back. So they're like, oh shit, I guess they didn't kill him or do anything to him. And the guy's like, oops, sorry about that, I kicked my table. Um, the guy is like very traumatized or something. And they're having a welcome back party. And he bumps the table and he knocks maple syrup over. And that just like triggers the. Oof, I get goosebumps. Oof, just hairs on my neck are standing up, bro. I get goosebumps and just go so scared. Think about the scene of he gets he just like just PTSD of his time on that alien spaceship, and he wakes up. He's in like in this weird cocoon, made out of like some bioorganic material. He tries to escape. Gravity's all weird. And the fire in the sky is a really cool piece of lore of the little gray men that like the their gray skin and like big black eyes are like that's not their natural body that's like an exosuit. So you see like the, the suits, but then you see like the aliens themselves, and they're like they're like pale aliens. They're not little. They're still, they're like human average sized, you know, but I'm just still count them as little gray men. Uh, and they look even, I'd say they look even more frightening because they're even more uncanny Valley. Cause you know, they're like, they have like uh human like skin tone. It's not gray. Uh, their eyes are not as like buggy, you know, they're more human like, uh, someone made the comparison that they kind of look like Joe Biden. Uh, which I now I can't unsee, uh, so that's funny. But then they then they show like the oh the probing scenes with that, and it is just like I it gets me. I'm like scared like thinking about it right now. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and yeah, that's just it's just like it sucks because it's one fantastic horror scene in an otherwise very mediocre movie about lumberjacks defending themselves. And it's just like, man, um, 
but I mean, what else can you do? Because that's, you know, they're basing on like a, something that apparently actually happened, you know, and they're just telling the story of how it went down. But I feel like it could have been a bit more interesting. Uh, and it's a movie. You can fabricate the truth of it and have more, uh, you know, uh, spruce up with more aliens. Um, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just disappointing, you know, like the potentiality was there. Okay. So I'm like running almost up on an hour. I got like 10 more minutes left. I don't want this. I don't want to be going on too long. You know, I don't want to keep you all bored. Um, so I'm going to talk about one more film and then I'm going to blast through a few others. And I think that'll be it. Um, that'll be it for the show. Yeah. Okay, so the next film I'm going to talk about, uh, I believe this was a TV movie. Um, and now this is what I was referring to is, uh, when I was talking about Roswell. This is movie is called Roswell. And it's a very weird film. It's not great. Um, but it has some really cool sequences. So it stars uh, Kyle MacLachlan of, you know, of Twin Peaks fame, Blue Velvet fame, you know. Martin Sheen's in it too. Um, it starts out as Kyle MacLachlan. He's like at this, like, he worked for the Air Force or something, and he's like there. He's like an old man, and uh, he was the guy who discovered the alien crash at Roswell, and he's trying to get the truth out there as an old man now. Mostly takes place as him as an old man, and now I'm just like, why did you hire him to play an old man if he's mostly gonna be an old man? Why don't you just like get an, an older actor and then just have cast someone else to be the like just have him, Kyle MacLachlan be the younger guy? I don't know. Anyways, uh, the movie's just about him trying to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, the government covering up. He like he 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 took some pieces of the UFO shrapnel. Apparently, it's like little really light. It's kind of like tin foil. Um, but there's a really cool scene where he. Um, I don't think this actually happens. It's it's more like Mark Sheen sort of be like, maybe this is what happened, and. They go in and they see the little gray man on that they like take um they extracted from the UFO on the table. It's if you've seen the gifts of like obviously, you know, if you're just some, you know, random listener, you you know about little gray alien gifts, obviously, right? No, you probably don't. Uh you're not a freak like me. Uh there there anyways, there's a gif of an alien. It's like in black and white and he's like he's writhing and squirming on like a hospital bed it comes from this movie um i love the depiction of the you know the grays sorry i don't want to say the grays just sounds so vulgar of the little gray men in this movie um i think it's one of the best design i mean this roswell incident you know it's like what caused it all it's what caused the whole craze you know um well i guess i guess that one incident in 1961 which i'm going to read more about uh but to me i thought it started with this but I mean, it, it, it technically did. I guess people, like, looked back at this when it happened. I don't know. I don't know what Wikipedia was on during that. Uh, but it's a cool sequence. Okay. Uh, it's a boring film. Really boring film. Um, but if you want to know where that alien gift comes from, this is the movie. Just saying. Um, yeah, it's mostly just actors in old makeup just rambling about the army and tinfoil. Um, I would love... I think a really great filmmaker could tell the Roswell story better, you know? Like, 
like a Christopher Nolan or something like that. I don't know. He's like, he's making Oppenheimer. You know, the Roswell incident didn't happen too far off from that. You know, I think, you know, Roswell happened in 1941, right? Is that what, it, is that what Wikipedia said? Anyways, uh, I think I think someone really cool, like a Denis Villeneuve could make a really cool movie about Roswell, like a, just a period piece and have aliens and just like, I don't know, just like, if you're driving down I-15 and you go to the alien jerky shop in, I think it's in Baker, uh, it's a pretty iconic place, you know, if you if you make that drive from Los Angeles to Vegas, uh, I highly recommend uh, stopping at the Mad Greek restaurant, uh, their food is amazing, the, some of the best strawberry milkshakes I've ever had in my life, um, there's just like, there's all this, like, gray alien UFO stuff there, and I'm just like, people gotta play more into this in films, you know, it's like, it's such an iconic thing, and one day I do want to go on a road trip to Roswell, you know what? I could probably do that, you know? It's probably like 10 hours away. Just go on a road trip to the Alien Museum in Roswell. I want to do that. I think I want to do that. That would be so fun. Hmm. Maybe make a video out of it, too. Put it on Stacked. We'll see. I'd love to do that. Maybe drive by Area 51. Stay at a little alien-themed hotel. So it's all, it's all... The gears are turned in my head, you know? I've been, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but maybe... Maybe this summer my time has come, you know. Anyways, let's go on to more Aliens films. Next one um, is a, it's the third film in a series of, like, alien anthology stories that aren't good at all. If you ever heard of the Extro series, it's like capital X-T-R-O. Um, this one's basically just like a bland ripoff of Predator, where it's like they're in Vietnam, they go to this weird island, there's this this little gray alien there he looks he's a gray alien and he he has like chameleon powers you know like the predator he can camouflage but he also has like a chameleon tongue if i remember correctly and like spit acid or something it sucks the movie sucks um but the practical effects surrounding this guy is pretty cool and the poster is so cool that's why i wanted to watch the movie uh it's like it's like the gray alien it's like it's He's, like, fading off into the stars and stuff, and he looks really scary, you know. Uh, I don't know. Could have been cool, but it's not. All right. The next two films I want to talk about are... They're part of the subgenre of horror called homemade horror. You know, you've all seen it. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's, like, this really weird stuff you'd find on Amazon Prime video. Or Tubi. I feel like Tubi's the home of these. And you can probably... Yeah, you definitely can watch all these on Tubi. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I'm gonna talk about the first two films in the Feeders trilogy. Um, now, this is, like, very low budget. Um, it's about aliens who basically come to Earth... And treat humans like cattle. They're little gray men. And it's just like they, they eat people. You know. And it's just like. It's about these two fishermen who encounter them. It's just basically like a slasher. But it's little gray people. They eat, they eat people. The puppets are horrible. Um, they're. You know. They're feeders. They eat. But their mouths never move. Um, I think the first one's charming enough. To be watchable. Um you know, because it's like, oh, that's cool. It's like low quality camera, uh, really bad visual effects, almost like the Nintendo 64. I mean, it was made in 1996, you know? Uh, so for 96, a homemade horror that's like that. Oh, you guys hear that? 
there might be a dang UFO out there, or I'm gonna freak out. Um, anyways, it's it's charming enough. Feeders two sleigh bells. They do like a Christmas themed one. People say this one's better. I think this one's awful and unwatchable. Um, even cheaper than the first one. Uh, just don't don't watch that one. And then Little Grey Aliens sort of take a break for the 2000s. It's weird. I've never seen a movie in the aughts starring Little Grey Men. Um, of course, I should probably shout out The X-Files. I, I've never seen the show. I feel like I'd love it. Um, and I'm sure there's episodes with Little Grey Men in it, but... Never seen it, so I'm not going to talk about it here. Um, Alright, the next one I'm going to talk about is actually a comedy. Uh, this one was actually... This is probably one of the most popular Little Grey Men movies, and I wish... I, I gotta rewatch it. I, I remember liking it when I watched it, but I remember I watched it in 2011, so like my 12-year-old brain probably thought it was cool, but it's probably not good. It stars Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. It's Paul. Seth Rogen has a little gray alien. They go to Comic-Con, you know? Um, sort of like a road trip stoner comedy with a little gray man. I can't really remember what else happens, but I just remember thinking it was a cool concept, you know? I kind of want to rewatch it. I wonder where I can rewatch it. I might do that today. Or tomorrow. Or the next day. I don't know. I got stuff to do. Anyways. Uh, next movie is Dark Skies. This is sort of like a home invasion, uh, paranormal activity-like movie where aliens are invading a home. Carrie Russell's in it. I thought that was crazy that uh, she was in a movie like this. But J.K. Simmons is in it. The, this movie should have been about J.K. Simmons, where he's, like, he's this really, like, little gray alien truther who's been, like, investigating them. And he's, like, he's like in one or two scenes in the movie. And I feel like th this movie should have just been about him. It, it could have been, like, the they should make, like, The Conjuring, but about little gray aliens. And, I, and I'm, you're probably like, that's X-Files. That's Men in Black, you dumbass. No, I'm, like, something a bit more smaller scale, where, you know, it's like, it's not an official, like, government agency. It's just these people that, like, people come to when they have alien encounters. Am I just, like, selling out this the, the this idea to the movie and someone's going to take it and probably use something with it? Probably not, because nobody listens to this show. So, whatever. Um, Alright, two more left, and then I'm done. Um, this one's a really, really cute film. Uh, it's a Christmas movie. It's called Alien Xmas. I thought this was so great. Um, it's based off a book, I guess. Like, a children's book. It's a stop-motion um, film simulating, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer about, you know, uh, an elf finds a little gray alien and thinks it's, like, the gray alien's a toy, uh, and then the alien basically, like, takes Christmas, you know? It's really cute. I love the designs of the aliens in this movie. It's classic gray aliens, you know? Makes me not so scared of them, you know? Um... But it's just a fun time. I think this movie's great. You know, it's I guess it's technically a short film. It's forty minutes, not feature length. But uh, I'd say if if you're in the alien mood during the Christmas season, give it a watch. It's a fun time. All right, last film, uh, Feeders Three. Uh, they made this film like over twenty years later from Feeders Two. Blows my mind. Uh. This one sucks. This one's really boring. Um, 
it loses the charm. It's, you know, it's homemade horror yet again. It loses the charm of, you know, uh, the low-quality camera. They now do, they, they now shoot digitally, and it just looks bland as hell. The performances aren't good. They try to spruce it up with a meta-commentary, and, you know, they're trying to do, like, a, a Sven Gulli-type presentation, you know, it's, like, where there's, like, breaks, intermissions, and uh, they, they try to say, like, don't take this film seriously. Remember, it's not bad art. It's just mis misunderstood. And I'm just like, that's lazy. I don't know. I feel bad giving homemade horror movies like this such a negative rating because it's like, they don't, it's like, I don't like their low-budget aesthetic, but I know that there's a way for you to use low-budget to make your movie effective. Something like Skinamarink, something that was, like, made for 15 grand. I think that movie looks beautiful. Like, debatable whether, like, you know, you find that movie boring or not. I don't find that movie boring, but I can understand why people would find that movie such a slog. I think it's kind of fun. Um, this one is just shot on a cheap digital camera. Performances aren't good at all. Um, and it's just like... This guy makes so many films with his name. Mark uh, Polonia? He's made so many... He's made 75 films. You'd think that... Uh, you know, he, he'd know how to... You know, pick up some skills in shooting with low budget. But it just doesn't feel like he has, you know? Apparently, I mean... He made like he's made like five movies in one year. Come on, bro, spend some more time on your movies. You know, beef up your craft. Um, they also use like <laughs> they use like music from GarageBand, like the free sample tracks, which I used to play with GarageBand all the time as a kid. I know all the songs, so like it was just like it was. I, I can't I hate to use this words. It was cringe to like listen to like the da -da 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 -da. you know Chris Stuckman used to use that song. Uh, or the burn, burn, burn out, ba -da -ba -da -ba. Anyways, you're probably listening to like, what the fuck is he talking about? If you know, if you know Garage Man, you play with it like me, you know the music. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's not, it's not as bad as Feeders Two. Um, not great either. Okay, that's enough about the movies. So that those are, that's my little trip down the canon of Little Grayling Cinema. Um, if you have any recommendations for me, please leave in the comments below. Um, honorable mentions, I said I was going to mention this earlier. Uh, Nope. Got it. Masterpiece of a film. I love that movie so much. Also, okay, th that's also one of the scariest sequences I've ever seen in a, a film. It goes, fire in the sky, barbarian, when the park kids, uh, prank OJ in the horse stable in Nope. When I first saw that, um, in theaters, I was like, oh my god, they're actually doing it. This movie's about little gray aliens. I can't believe this. And I was literally about to piss myself the way they, f you know, where the, the OJ turns off the lights and then the lights turn on and then there's just that little gray man just like hiding in plain sight. And I immediately saw it. I remember like jumping up and point, be like, fuck that. No, get that away from me. And then the way the kid like moves scared me and then there was another one and then how it, you know it does the communion thing where he peeps around the corner and then it's revealed it's just a prank you know it's not real and i was just like fuck this movie for getting me that good you know i was mad but i was also like really enjoying myself for that and then the rest of the movie is just fucking fantastic if you haven't seen nope so good sorry for spoiling that scene if you haven't seen it i mean it came out last year it's one of the best movie it is the best movie of that year it's one of the best movies of all time really um, go see it. 
it's amazing. Um, but yeah, let's see. Any any other honorable mentions like to talk about? You know, I talk about Mars Attacks, not Gray Man Aliens, Independence Day, kind of kind of Gray Alien like, you know, but they're more tentacles. E.T. Classic, you know, he's it's not gray, he's brown. He's got big eyes. Love that movie though. Um, trying to think of more alien abduction invasion movies. Can't think of any at the top of my head right now that are like noteworthy. But yeah, if you ever want to get into the cinema of little gray aliens, hope that I hope I helped you out in any way, or I hope it just entertained you a bit. You know, I was just I've been really bored today. Thought I'd just record something since we wouldn't have had a stacked episode out uh, when this releases, anyways. So uh, yeah, um, hope you're all doing well. Uh, let me know what you had for lunch in the comments below, I guess, or something. Um, yeah, follow, follow Stacked, listen to Stacked. <sighs> All right, let me go think of something else I can do with my time now. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, have a good one, and, uh, watch the skies, I guess. I don't know. Let, let me know if you also believe Logram in the comments below. If you believe there's, I mean, there, there has to be aliens out there somewhere, but you think they've already come, you think they've already come up here, you know? Got those UFOs in Alaska. All right, look at me. Uh, Sam Elliott would say, oh, look at me, I'm rambling again. Uh, have yourself a good one. Stay tuned next week for a normal episode of Stacked. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.